You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shekha Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, summer is coming to a close here, Gary, you know, and uh, it's been a kind of strange kind of summer, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes, it's hard to believe that it's uh, past Labor Day now. And uh, yes, strange summer from openings and closings and masks and no masks and gosh knows what. And then, you know, where you are and then, you know, also down the uh, uh, Louisiana, New Orleans area, it's been pretty wet. Yeah, yeah, we got we got hit with the remnants of Hurricane Ida, but we had no idea <laughs> that was going to be this bad. But anyway, so we're all dry and, you know, back safe now. But, you know, I think we've been having some amazing conversations here on Retail Perch where we talk about emerging trends and technologies as it applies to supermarket retail. Uh, and I know last week uh, we spoke to somebody from academia, and which was pretty exciting. But today, Gary, we have a very special guest as well. Yeah, we do. So we've got uh, Greg Ferrara, the CEO of the National Grocers Association with us today, and a timely conversation with the NGA show just around the corner. So Greg, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you guys. And Greg, I got to tell you before you start here and give us your background and how you got to where you are. Uh, I mean, I have oodles of respect for the NGA and the, and the retailers that they support. Because you know it's always you're you're trying to keep these guys relevant and uh, afloat and progressing against the behemoths of the industry, and uh, in no mean task. So really appreciate what you guys are doing. So yeah. oh, great. Hey, absolutely. And I tell you what, after the last uh, 18, 19 months, I think if I had to be in a foxhole with with a, a, someone, it would be an independent grocer. That entrepreneurial spirit will, will carry us through. So we're glad to be able to be their voice. Awesome. So Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how did you uh, get to where you are and what your current role is? Yeah, thank you. Um, so you know, grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. I tell people that's where I got my pretty figure from. But my family was in the grocery business, started in 1906 as uh, immigrants from Alia, Sicily, and then was lucky enough to literally grow up in the business. I was six years old, I think, going to the store with my dad and my grandparents and uh, just really uh, got bit by the grocery bug. Grew up, was eventually running the store. Uh, while I went to school full-time down in New Orleans, was running the business, uh, took over the business full-time. Then Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005. We were just talking about Ida. I think this was just the, uh, what, 15th, 16th anniversary of, uh, of, of Katrina. And so having to go through that, that we lost a store, 15 feet of water, massive wind damage. And I pivoted at that point and said, let's put this political science degree to work and started working for the National Groceries Association doing state government relations for them up here in the DC area. And uh, really the rest is history. I've been there ever since. I did uh, leave for about a year and a half and went down to Baton Rouge, worked for Associated Grocers down there as a corporate projects manager, uh, had a ton of fun talking about getting exposed to, uh, I mean, technology and the distribution side of things and transportation and logistics and everything that it takes to get product to our retailer shelves. It was a great experience for me. I took over after a national search, was lucky enough to be selected to follow in Peter Larkin's footsteps and took over actually a, a just two years ago, two years ago, I think September 1st was, uh, was my, first, my first official day uh, as the new CEO. 
And it's been an awesome ride. I'll tell you what, going through a pandemic, leading a gross, the grocery industry every, not day, but every hour sometime brought a new uh, challenge or a new opportunity. But uh, you know, as I just said, what a, a, just an amazing group of people, our retailers, our wholesalers, the manufacturers, service suppliers that we'll talk about it, I'm sure today, but uh, how, how they had to change so quickly to meet the demands of consumers uh, and of uh, their customers is really, truly amazing. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with both of you guys. I have a lot of respect for both of you and uh, thanks for having me. Well, no, this should be a great conversation. So, you know, before we jump into some of the different topics that we were talking about, give us a sense, how's the NGA show shaping up? So I know we're going to be with you in Vegas in, gosh, like two weeks, right? Or less. Yeah, absolutely. About two weeks out. So I'm not sleeping anymore. Um, that's the first, the first thing that's going on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's coming along really, really well. As you guys know, we added some enhanced safety protocols of the direction uh, of our board of directors a few weeks ago, and, and those have been met with nothing but appreciation and really thanking the organization and, and the show team for, for the leadership and showing that as, as our industry, quite frankly, has led uh, since day one in this pandemic and done so very safely, we're going to do the same thing. So it's come along really good. Registration numbers are still very strong. I just saw the report uh, today, and they had over 100 uh, retailers and wholesalers had, had registered just in the last few days. So there's more people that, that continue to register every day. Uh, the show floor is is basically sold out. It's going to be a great event. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of anticipating, there's that feeling at the NGA show. It always is a homecoming. And, you know, yeah. we see all of, our, all of our industry colleagues and friends we know so well. I think it's going to be really emotional this year in a, in a positive way. We're just going to be excited to see each other, excited to see, you know, our colleagues and learn from them and what they've gone through. And we're going to celebrate this industry and, uh, and, and help these folks who have uh, you know, gained so much share really in the, in the past year and a half, uh, find, find out the tools and techniques and products and services that they can utilize and harness to continue to, to uh, keep that growth. Yeah. Well, and we're going to be back in Vegas, which I know is a favorite of the uh, uh, NGA membership. So we're looking Absolutely. forward to a great show. Absolutely. Us too. We're, we're thrilled to you know, have you guys there again uh, in such a great way. So I appreciate it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this has been kind of almost homecoming for us too, Gary. I mean, we've been here many years and, yep. uh, you know, definitely going to, I'm looking forward to being at the show and walking the floor and I think it's a, I think it's a, like you said, Greg, for a lot of people, it feels like a celebratory moment where, you know, kind of ridden through this tough period and we're back here and, you know, let's, let's move on now and let's make this happen. They're, they're ready to work hard and play hard. Well, so, so let's maybe jump in here on a couple of topics. Looking over the past 18 months or so, certainly e-commerce and really almost everything digital has accelerated dramatically. Greg, from your perspective, how do you think the independent sector has done sort of keeping pace? Because there's obviously a lot going on. Yeah, there is. I think the first thing's important, and I know you guys know our members so well, but you know, for your other listeners, 
NGA defines independent by ownership and not by size. So we've got you know very large regionals down to single store operators in, in a rural part of, of, of America. I think there are are those that had a, a solid strategy in place and, and kind of had been forward looking and, and resourced were probably in a little bit better position to 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 take the onslaught that came so quick overnight, be able to scale up or or shift how they needed to. Others that, you know, for whatever reason, by the way, it could have been a, a strategic decision, weren't as involved in this space, had to find a, a way to do it. And I know one member, a phenomenal operator, but they weren't really in e-commerce, you know, before this. And the way they approached it is they just started taking grocery orders over the phone because they're in a small rural community. And, and that's what it took to serve that customer. Uh, and they kind of knew what their strategy was. We are seeing, obviously, we saw an enormous acceleration and adoption and consumer shift that none of us you know, would have ever expected, and it continues today. We've also seen a lot of very large players that have almost unlimited resources, right? And so they can throw anything and everything at the wall, and if it doesn't stick, they can fail, they can fail fast, and they'll move on to the next thing. And I think for independence, for the most part, we don't have that luxury. And so we really have to, you know, I think take some time and focus on what is that strategy? What was it? Is it the same thing uh, going forward after this shift? Uh, And how do I really hone in on that so that I have a path forward that makes sense and my investments, you know, will hopefully pay off. I think what you call out there is really important. I, I think today more than ever, the independent operator is really got to have a strategy looking ahead. They've got to know what their place in the market is. You know, gone are the days of, oh, you know, I just have a grocery store and we take care of who we take care of. You know, I, I think they really need to think about their, their position in the market, what's their niche that they can own, and a strategy around all this tech, all this innovation going forward. Right. And, and by the way, someone's strategy might be that we're going to, for the most part, stay low tech. And yes. we're going to focus on, you know, uh, what we know uh, is our, our, our uh, differentiator. And there are others who are going to say, we're going to double and triple down. And we're going to really make the investments because we know we can compete better than others in our marketplace and, and we can win. Uh, so I think, you know, having that strategy, understanding what it is, be comfortable with it. And then uh, focusing on that is, is the right path forward. Yeah. And I think, Gary, we spoke about it in some of our earlier episodes, which is, you know, elasticity of solutions. I mean, there there aren't solutions that necessarily is a one-size-fits-all, right? You have to look at, you know, something that a a thousand-store chain might employ may not work for a 10-store chain because there's just no economies of scale, you know, it doesn't allow you to do that. And so I think you're right, Greg. I think you have to think about what is my key differentiator and how do I focus on that and enhance that Nothing says innovation has to be technologically advanced. It could be common sense sometimes. Right? Yeah. 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 We, and you know what? I think another, another piece of this, and, and Gary and I have talked about this before, but technology can be scary, particularly if you don't understand it. And yeah. it, ch- it changes so fast. It has changed even faster than it did two years ago um, that it can be overwhelming for some operators that are out there. Even, even some larger operators, it can be overwhelming. So, you know, I think that is another barrier, another piece of it that, you know, uh, we can talk about is how do we help independents cut through some of that noise? How do we help them understand what others are doing in the marketplace and, and what's working and what's not working? 
so that you know when they do have that that strategic plan, that outlook, they can make sure that they are resourcing in the in the area that is you know the most effective for who they are and what they do. Yeah, no, and I I think that is a great call out, Greg, because you know Shaker, to your point, on the the good side of the ledger for the independent community, there is more tech, there's more sophisticated capability today than there ever has been before, you know, available to the independent operator, you know, through the cloud and and so on, and much of it very cost effective. The challenge, though, has shifted, Greg, to what you just mentioned. As I talk to different retailers, it's that challenge around the understanding of what is this technology, where is it going, and most importantly, how does it fit together? How do these pieces come together? I mean, I've talked to a handful of retailers just in the last few months that are all grappling with, well, you know, gee, how does e-commerce come together with loyalty, come together with personalization, with customer data? What, what do I have to do here? Yeah, right. And, and, and they're overwhelmed because they're trying to get boxes of cereal on the shelf with lines, lines on point. the door and they can't get people you know, to work, work there. You know, I think another thing that, and this is tough, right? Because this, there's, there is a, a cost to doing this. But as operators, you know, we've got, we have store directors, we have, you know, depending on your size, perishable directors, maybe even operations or manager, or vice president, uh, area director that's looking over a group of stores. But you know, there are still many, 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 many independents that are out there that don't have. A, a head, a CIO, or someone who's really right. focused on, you know, technology. It's probably something that is uh, delegated to the the CFO or whoever's the their head of accounting. You know, gets as 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 a one off. With technology being so in, you know integrated in everything we do, and it's not just e commerce, of course, right? It's 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 as we said, personalization. It's understanding the customer. It's it's uh, inventory control, cash flow. That really is something that I think going forward as independents, we're really going to have to give some thought to and how do we ensure that you have someone on the team that understands your business and understands also kind of, you know, what strategically from a technology perspective that you need to be doing to, to grow in the business. And it's going to take some investment to do that, but it's probably the time to, to be thinking that way. Yeah. In fact, I think a couple of episodes ago, uh, Greg, we were talking about uh, really, you know, putting in, putting these technologies into three big buckets. One is customer-facing technology. Second is operational, right? And third is back office, right? So you think about, and, and there's this movement and innovation happening in all of those things. But I think uh, traditionally, a lot of them have been very operationally focused, right? How, how to make sure that the box of cereal are on the shelf, how to get them off, how to get, how to get the prices right, you know. So it's, it's really been a lot of operational heavy lifting with us. And I guess, you know, this time period has kind of maybe forced them to think about, am I spending my time in the right places to be prepared for the future that's coming, right? And so how is the, how do you, uh, how do you see the NGA being positioned to helping retailers with some of these innovation challenges that yeah, great question. So, you know, one of the, the most powerful things a trade association can do is uh, convene the industry. We can convene people. Uh, we're able to bring competitors together in a room and allow them to, to learn best practices and trends and understand research and, and what's going on. 
Uh, and that's really kind of you know, where, where we're focused and what we're focused on doing. Uh, and I think there's a lot more opportunity in that space for us to continue to be, uh, to be a resource. Uh, we really are just scratching the surface and, and we need to continue pushing the needle and being, being innovative. So one is just the ability to do that and do it legally, by the way. You don't have to worry about antitrust concerns as much. We still have to worry about them. We, don't have, we, we can bring people together, bring competitors together. You know, the other piece of it is, is allowing us to expand what we're doing in terms of, of being a, a way for our members to share w- amongst themselves. So we have share groups. One is a CIO share group, and it's a great group, a great resource. But there are ways to continue to maybe build that out even more informally so that an independent has someone they can pick up the phone to, a trusted resource to say, hey, you know, we're looking at implementing this back office software, or we're looking to implement a new strategy around e-commerce. I know you just went through this, or you're looking at this. Talk me through it. Tell me what, 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 did, what worked, what did work, what were the lessons learned? And I think that you know is is, uh, is something that that uh, NGA can bring people together. We're focused on continuing to grow what we do with the show and our partners at Clarion Events. You guys have been you know a, a partner in that since day one, and and really bringing more opportunities you know into into that space. And then looking ahead in a normal year, where we'll have our executive conference in the fall, is really having those strategic kind of industry conversations and as a, as around independence about really where are the trends going? What is happening? How do we look to the horizon? There might be a short horizon given how fast things are changing so that uh, the independent and the wholesalers as well are positioned to be thinking you know, ahead in the future. And the, the last thing I'll say is I think there is an opportunity for us to do more uh, to, to connect independents who want to be innovative to those companies or services that are looking for incubators. They're looking for a test lab where they can go in and test something and find a partner and, and uh, see you know, um, if something will work. And I think there are opportunities for us to help maybe bring those groups together to prove out some of these concepts. Yeah, so I, I would agree with that. Uh, you mentioned wholesalers uh, too. I think certainly historically, a lot of independent retailers have looked to their wholesaler for assistance or guidance around technology and, and different systems and solutions. Uh, you know, we certainly see that continuing, uh, but I, I would, I guess, suggest that I think to some degree, the wholesalers have similar challenges to the, the supermarket operators, right? In understanding uh, technology, understanding how fast it's moving, where it's going and how these different pieces come together. Yeah, no, I I I'm, I agree. I think that there there's not a one size fits all approach to this. Right. I think that's probably the most important thing. You know, a, a retailer, wholesalers are amazing partners in a lot of areas, and and in some of this space, they really you know have gone out and created great partnerships. But I think of any retailer, when you're you're you know looking to buy equipment or or to buy you know anything else, you're going to look around and you know see what others are doing. Uh, and, and finding finding whatever is the best approach for you, it all comes back to strategy again, though, right? You can't have these one-offs. You really, where what is my strategy? Where do I want to be in one, three years down the road? And how do I make sure that you know where I'm going to be spending resources and what I'm looking to do are aligned and it makes it makes sense so that we're not you know we're we're being as most efficient as you can. We can make a quick departure to another topic. You know, I know this has been a topic that we've discussed here many times, and Gary's written about it a bunch of times. 
which is obviously during the pandemic, I think services like Instacart really came to the fore, right? Because they allowed retailers to quickly get on the e-commerce bandwagon, provide delivery capabilities. Uh, but, you know, given the direction that Instacart is now going in and, you know, we, you know, we think that, and I think Gary's written quite a few interesting articles about it. How do you see that relationship between independence and Instacart evolving? Yeah. And, and, and really, you can open that up beyond just Instacart to, you know, DoorDash and some of the other services, you know, with a similar model. Even Uber now is starting to do grocery delivery. Yeah, Uber Eats is doing grocery delivery. Yeah. Right. So I, I, what I would say, I think, first is uh, this is not something necessarily new to independence. The, the meetings that I've been in and, and I'm talking you know, to our folks for years have, have said, hey, look, if you're bringing in a, a third party partner, regardless of what you're doing and you're sharing data, you're sharing, you know, your, what you do to serve your customers, there potentially is a risk, a risk of that. Some of our folks have been able to work out good arrangements with some of the third-party providers. I do think some of those third-party providers did, you know, provide a great resource at a time when people really needed it, right? It's almost like a staffing service where overnight I needed, you know, more people to stand up and do this. And some were able to do that and help them scale up. And then, and then scale down. There are those of our members who, if, if they're going to be in delivery and they're going to not do it themselves, then you know they, this is a path forward. But they have to understand they could potentially be working with you know a competitor, a competitor who might be running their own dark stores, a competitor that you know is going to be uh, potentially the last touch to that customer. And for some some retailers, that's a showstopper. For others, it's not important to them. Again, what is their their plan? What is their strategy and how they're going to do that? I think that those members of ours who know who they are and who they want to be are are resourcing and uh, expanding uh, in the right way. So, for example, if they want to be known as the best uh, e-commerce, you know, in delivery, uh, grocery provider in their marketplace, and they are making investments in that space to be able to do that. They're using their own people, they're using their own vehicles, their own branding, and in many cases, they're charging a premium to be able to do that. There are others who have said, look, we're not ready to do delivery. We're not in this space yet, and so we're just going to offer curbside, but we're going to be the best there is uh, at doing that, and those folks you know, have have found a way to, do, to, uh, to move forward. So, this space has evolved really quickly. It's going to continue to evolve quickly. We're just scratching the surface here. And I think it's something what is most important. And this is what I think a great thing about our show is we provide the sessions and the learning so people can go out and educate themselves and understand what is going on in the marketplace, what the options are, what are the risks, what are the opportunities, and then figure out how that aligns with where they want to be. Agree. Going in a, a little bit different direction. You know, we've seen a growing convergence between the, the food industry and the healthcare industry. And, you know, we've certainly seen a lot of movement in that direction, again, over the past 18 months, as, you know, a growing number of people are more concerned about maintaining their immune systems, you know, becoming healthier, so on and so forth. Well, what's NGA doing around the whole health and wellness space, providing any education, any other uh, assistance to retailers? Yeah, well, the whole food is medicine, right? I mean, I think we're finally yes. you know, recognizing uh, maybe what some bad policies over the decades 
you know, have have um, created whether it's food deserts or you know areas that uh, you know, just don't have access to you know the fresh foods. So I, I would answer. I think that there is multiple layers of of things that we're doing. One is is one you might not think I would mention you know right away, but it's around antitrust reform. You know, we do believe that there has been this really explosive growth of power buyers that have so much control and dominance in the marketplace that they've been able to, to come into many communities in the last few decades and have completely squeezed out, eliminated competition. And you have those communities that aren't left with grocery stores. They aren't left with food stores. The nearest food store might be five, 10 miles away or what they do have access to uh, has a very limited selection of food, particularly around fresh. Um, and so we're doing a lot of work, you know, in that space. We're also uh, involved in innovative ways to try to help those folks who are lower income that are on government assistance, expose them to healthier habits, right? Particularly around fresh produce. So we are an administrator for the GUSNIP Training and Technical Assistance Center. GUSNIP is the double up bucks for SNAP. So if I'm a, a parent and I'm on SNAP, it may be a higher barrier for me to say, I'm not going to buy this $5 bag of, of oranges because I'm not sure my kid's going to like it or not. Or that's a lot, lot to spend. The Double Up Bucks program is really cool. It effectively takes away that risk because it gives them a benefit to go back and buy more fresh produce. And we're involved in running that, that program, which is a, a USDA program that has bipartisan support in Congress through our foundation. And there's a huge technical component of that in trying to match up all these different POS providers that are out there, you know, and try to find efficiencies and ways to, to move forward you know, uh, in that space. And then I think, you know, there will continue to be, I think, a lot more growth in the space around whether it's, it's in-store or virtual resources to help consumers better make decisions to understand allergies or to understand how they can be more healthier and make better choices about what they are buying. And, you know, we want to be part of, of helping make sure the independents uh, uh, continue to be a resource to their communities to be able to do that. You know, and Greg, you know, what's also come to the fore here in the last uh, year and a half is that obviously grocery stores have now become the center of our life in many ways, right? <laughs> People can go to the supermarket, couldn't go to the restaurants. They obviously bought more food, cooked more. So I think the whole uh, people have become more conscious about what they're buying, what they're eating. And I think it's a great opportunity for grocery stores to really grab that uh, attention that they now have and say, hey, what can we do to enhance people's quality of life, right? And how can we start playing a role in somebody thinking about us as being the wellness center and maybe providing more resources to the shopper to have a more discriminatory you know, buying experience, right? And we talk about it all the time because I think ultimately, I think where the grocery stores are really going is that you want to be a central store. Think about it, you know, where I, when I look at where, where do I spend my money, majority of the money, my money in terms of retail goes to my grocery store on a monthly basis without question. And I think that's where people are trying to look for the maximum quality and, and frictionless service. So it's such a great opportunity, I think, for supermarkets to really capitalize on the strength. Yeah, you know, NGA's tagline is, uh, with our new brand, is at the heart of the community. I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. The trust, the level of trust that consumers have uh, for, with grocery stores is pretty high. 
Uh, and so they they are coming to their their local supermarket, you know, as a looking at them as a trusted resource. It's a huge responsibility and obligation that we have. And so I think you're right. The more that we can do, the more our members can do to help be a resource for consumers to give them the tools they need to be able to make uh, informed decisions. Uh, I think is 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 important, and will continue to evolve. Right. Yeah, and I I think there's also to bring it back around to the technology a little bit that there's an opportunity right now for that independent grocer who is, you know, the community center in their marketplace to extend that sort of brick and mortar physical store community center over into the digital world, right? And one of the things I'm, I'm talking with retailers a lot about is thinking of their customer base and as they can engage their customers digitally is they're effectively creating their own digital network. And I think as retailers can really focus on doing that, they can then relatively easily connect their network of shoppers in the digital world over with other networks around their community. It could be the local hospital or healthcare center to provide education, guidance, et cetera, for their shoppers. Uh, It could be a host of other things. And I think this is an opportunity for that independent retailer to really shine and do what they, so many of these people do so well. And that's being innovative and creative in how they go to market. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about Jimmy Wright a lot down in Opelike, Alabama for a good reason, because yeah. he does amazing stuff, but he's partnered with his local hospital, which has an incentive uh, to try to keep people from developing chronic disease and getting sick and having to come stay in the hospital. The more they can keep people, of course, healthy, keep them out of the hospital, the better they are. And so they've been the partner with him, one of the partners on, on the Double Up Bucks program you know, in his store. Uh, and they've partnered together you know, with his delivery vehicle and, and trying to find ways that that delivery vehicle that's delivering product to a customer, you know, could they deliver some type of, whether it's healthcare or health information, resources that you know can help help improve their quality of life and keep them healthier fascinating i was looking at the agenda for the nga show and i'm i don't think i've i think the nga show i wanted to be in so many sessions that i that i see because i think the topics are all completely on point and so I, if there's any people out there listening to this podcast and hesitating and wondering if they should make it to Vegas, Greg, uh, is there any any suggestions you have for them? Got to be there. You got to be there. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, uh, for grocers, in particular, the retailers and wholesalers, you've been on the front line, you've been out there, uh, you know, working, keeping your stores going. Now's the time that you, you know, you've been working kind of in that business. Now's the time for you to take a step back for a couple of days to come work on the business. Um, and really look at what has happened in this industry in the last year and a half. The, the, the pace of change is unprecedented. And I think the, I know the education, the resources, the uh, folks on the Explo floor, they have so much to share that will help your business, will help you manage this uh, growth, these opportunities so well. Uh, that I think it's really, you need to be there. And of course, with the you know health and safety protocols we've got in place, it just continues to show that our show will follow the direction uh, uh, and leadership of, of this industry uh, and do this event in, in, a, in a safe way. Now's the time where you've got this opportunity. Boy, grab it, grab it and go for it because it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Well, I know I figured there's one more opportunity to advertise yourself with your mask on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. That's, that's you, know, you probably saw the video I told folks. I said, look, we've got to wear the mask. Put your brand on it, right? You know, <laughs> brand, brand, brand. So it'll be, uh, you know, celebrate who you are and celebrate your company. And we'll, we'll do it in a safe way. Well, I'm going to go a little off script here, Gary, if you don't mind. No. And this is a topic that we've discussed a couple of, you know, in a couple of episodes as well, which is, you know, talking about really labor market and the shortages that supermarkets have faced, right? What are you hearing in terms of how this is, how they're kind of facing this challenge and what's the solution? Yeah, gosh, um, it is probably the number one issue right now um, across the board. Um, not only uh, attracting, you know, um, people who want to be part of your organization, um, but of course, you know, keeping them. I think there's a lot of, you know, they've been talking about, you know, plenty of times, but a lot of reasons that are out there. I think government played a role, quite frankly, in having so much disincentive, I would call it, to not maybe, yeah. you know, be out there looking looking for work. Childcare has been a big part of it as well. I mean, schools being closed, um, the, the limits on, on camp. Um, there are, I'm sure, you know, some parents out there whose kids maybe can't get vaccinated yet and are worried about that, and that's kept them out of the workforce. Um, you know, the other one that, you know, maybe our folks don't like to talk about that much, but I think we should have a conversation about it, is the pandemic gave people the permission maybe they needed to blow it all up and go do something else. And we have seen a lot of that in the restaurant industry, which was um, you know, kind of grueling uh, for some people. And I think you know, retail, there are some folks who do it incredibly well, and there are some folks out there who don't do it so well. Uh, and I've, I, I've, I've told our members before that you know, you've got a help wanted sign in front of your store. And if your help wanted sign says, now hiring deli clerks must uh, be able to work nights and weekends, apply with them. Uh, compared to someone who puts a sign up there that says, do you love food? Do you love serving your community? Do you love, do you have a passion for helping people? Are you excited about this? If so, we're the place for you. Come apply with them. And I think it's independence, but we've got such a great opportunity. Your community stores, you're often family owned, maybe you're employee owned. You can differentiate yourself from that big Wall Street corporate box that might be in your community. But you can't do it by scribbling something on the back of a sign and taping it to your, your front door, you know, in a fit of rage or whatever. Like, think about it. Be strategic. Just as you're trying to attract those customers, you've got to attract uh, those associates, you know, to your business. And, and if you take care of them, which doesn't always have to be, by the way, you know, tons of money. People, people want to get up and go to work to a place where they want to be. They want to feel good. They want to be happy. They want to be fulfilled. They want to get to, to experience things and do other stuff. That's, there's something to be said for that. I think it comes out, came out during the pandemic, right? Where people just, I mean, working so hard and we had those employees who I know felt they were part of something, part of supporting their community. I look down like in Louisiana right now, where so many people don't have power, but the grocery stores have been open, short staff, but the staff that is coming in, are doing it with no power in their house, probably damaged. Uh, a lot of them are having damage in their house, but they know they're part of their community. There's no, there's something, yeah. they're, they're bigger than that. Think as independents, you've got the advantage. Uh, you've just really got to go out and harness it because guess what? That competition for that employee is fierce right now. Yeah, so completely agree with what you just said. 
And, you know, I think you bring up a really good point that as a conversation, I think a lot of people need to have is that over the course of the past 18 months in the pandemic, I, I think a lot of people did see this experience as a time to do a reset on their lives, right? You know, so many people, because they were forced to stay at home, uh, rediscovered their families and rediscovered, gee, it's nice to be around our kids, right, as they're growing up. And I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, from different folks we talk to are really thinking about that reset. And, you know, do they want to go back to the same crazy schedule they had 18 months ago? Or do they want to try and have a, a little bit more sane uh, life? Yeah. And for the grocer out there, how do you take advantage of that? Not look yes. as, a, as a challenge, but take advantage of, you know, that bartender who maybe would be a great, you know, wine expert or, or a liquor expert in your store. Uh, how do you go find that sous chef or pastry, you know, chef who's done, they want to be out of the business and how you know, let them, you know, how do you get them into your business uh, working, working in your store? How do you find that person that you know, was doing whatever they were doing that had nothing to do with their hands and now wants to go work with their hands and work, you know, in, in your produce department? You've got, you got to put a little effort into it, but, but, but yeah. yeah. And the consumers will reward those people. Don't forget to tell your story, right? In your community, celebrate your employees, celebrate what they're doing and who they are and and give them, you know, attaboys and attagirls. Consumers want to see that and they'll reward those companies that are taking care of their people. Yeah. And also, you know, take advantage of the opportunity to celebrate mealtime again and cook at home. And, you know, the family actually sitting down for dinner at night, right? Instead of, you know, four people running in four different directions. Yeah. You know, Uh, and, and and FMI's foundation, it's family meals night, you know, uh, in September, their foundation does a great job with that. And so I think, you know, retailers should be embracing this whole idea around family meals and celebrating your, your, your families. And even as we get busier again, reminding people to take time uh, to, yes. to do that. Yeah, it feels like if people could stream food, they would stream their food. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you know, you know, yeah, I think agree with everything you said, Greg. And I, I think it's also an opportunity for retailers to say, hey, how can technology help me solve some of these problems, right? Because I may never get back the people that I had or, you know, so how can how can we use technology, leverage some of these gaps that we have in the labor market? Uh, I think it's, it's, it's an exciting time for retail, clearly. I think it's a super exciting time and we're looking forward to seeing some amazing things here in a couple of weeks in Vegas. Uh, Gary, anything else before we kind of wind down here? Uh, Greg, I want to thank you for joining us today. This was a great conversation, and I know I'm looking forward to seeing you in person for the first time in a long time uh, here in uh, Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Well, can't wait to be in Vegas. Can't wait to see everyone on the show floor. I'll be there, of course, both days. So when you see me, grab me. Let's, uh, let's do a selfie together with our mask on. And <laughs> And when, uh, you know, we're going to have a great, a great event, a great show. And let me just say again, uh, um, you know, thank you to all of the supermarket superheroes out there that have carried us through this pandemic. And thank you to both of you guys. You've done a great job in uh, really making a lot of resources available to the industry uh, to help people understand and, and digest a lot of fast moving information. So this has been great. Perfect. Thank you so much, Greg. And you know what? I have to have to tell you that if you give us your mailing address, we're, we're going to send you one of these. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we'll we'll get it to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be great, and I can't wait to see you. And 
And of course, we've been to the NGA many years and seen Peter walking the show floor and can't wait to meet you in person as well. So that's awesome. Thank you again, awesome. for being on the show. And uh, uh, folks, that's it. If, you, if there's any specific questions, by the way, if you have for Gary, Greg, or myself, don't hesitate to email us. Or if you want us to cover any other topics, please please uh, email us, theretailperts at birdseye.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for our amazing guests and my co-host, uh, Gary Hawkins here. And I also want to thank Stephanie Doherty for putting this show together. She just does a fantastic job. We go through all the ahs and the ums and the noises, and she somehow magically edits them all out. So, <laughs> so I appreciate that, Greg, and you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you soon. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off. 